Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you've made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for your peace and your joy, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing through this small church that loves you with all our hearts, that lives for you with all our passions, that is zealous for you with everything we are and everything you've done with us. We pray, oh God, that your word would be planted in our hearts this morning, that we might receive a good seed in a good heart that would give forth good fruit and a harvest that would fill the earth with your glory, that we never depart, Lord, from the roadmap of your plan for our life, and that your word, Father God, not return void, that your promises not be fulfilled and that the dreams not come true according to your truth and faithfulness. Bless your people and bless your word. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. A lot of people don't know how this starts, but it starts with the testimony of Jesus. When somebody talks to you about good news, when they start telling you that there's a different way to live, and all the result of a person, the centerpiece, which is Jesus. There is no greater message. There is no greater understanding for man. There's no greater prosperity and peace, but who he is. And the Bible says that many people look into religion, they look into theology, but he says, I've given you all these things that point to me, but you refuse to come to me. And the man has made of Jesus and of the way of Jesus and the word of Jesus. We've made it philosophy. We've made it theology. We've made it all manner of adding to these things and walking away without the fruit of having Jesus in our lives. Those who decided to listen and to welcome the testimony of Jesus... And you guys know that this is our year of testimony. We called it 2019, the world of world-changing testimony. And now to hundreds of millions of people are going to be looking to this place where all this is coming from to find out if there's a reality in this house. Are there people that are keeping the testimony of Jesus? Are there people that are living this life and enjoying the fruits of what God has for us? In Revelations 1.9, John writes, I, your brother John, who's a partner in the sufferings of the kingdom, continue to persevere and suffer those things that are in Jesus. I was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and because I was holding on to the testimony of Jesus. This life of Christ is the answer to all the world's problems. We don't understand it because we try to run in different directions. But Jesus is the source and the only answer this world has. In Revelations 19.10, when the devil is coming down, to make war against God's people, John throws himself at his feet to worship. And the angel says, don't worship me. 
I'm not the focus. Don't do what you're doing. I'm just one who's a part of the brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for in the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of the fulfillment of all that God has spoken. A lot of people have heard about Jesus but have not come to Jesus. Jesus is not in their marriage. Jesus is not in their finances. Jesus is not in their children. Jesus is not in their workplace and employment and service. And Jesus came with these words that are super clear for anyone to understand when they were inquiring about him in John 14, 6. He said like this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one could connect or come to the Father but through me. He speaks of three aspects, and obviously, when you begin this life, and when you are introduced to receive and welcome Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's a whole change of a walk. You don't even understand why you're walking different, because it's based on truth. Truths that are set, concrete, immovable. And so a lot of people are lost as they approach truth because they don't understand the way. I've now lived for 36 years following Christ, keeping the testimony of Jesus. And I, I remember those days that were difficult days of walking in the way. Because it contradicted every other way people were walking. It was totally opposite. At some point, I would see myself walking totally 180 course opposite from everybody in the multitude walking in a different way. And so you either hang on to Jesus or you go crazy. But if you hang on to Jesus in the way, you begin to see the difference between the lie and the truth. And you walk in Jesus the way, and truth becomes a reality, and lie always deceives and falls apart. It's like chasing a carrot that you never obtain. And if you walk in the way, and you stay the course to truth in Jesus, you find the life. And I'm living that life right now. I'm living the faithfulness of a life connected with God. At levels that are surreal. He leads you to the way. Jesus. He's the one that allows you to obtain truth. You find the life God planned for you to be abundant. It's, I'm going to say it today. It's grotesquely surreal. It's described as eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. You can't even imagine what is in this life. That God has prepared for those who love him. For those who stay close to Jesus. There's going to be many things that will want to woo your affections away from Jesus' testimony. And from that way, from that truth, and from that life. And it will only serve to confirm John 10.10 10, that the thief has come. To kill, to steal, and to destroy everything that you thought would be coming. 
But Jesus confirms in John 10.10, while there is a treacherous future in the devil's deception of great bizarre destruction, I have come that you might enjoy life and that you might have it in a measure of abundance. That you might have it full. That's the fruit of the testimony of Jesus. To miss this invitation that God extends to you early in life, and I have no doubt that every one of us at one time or another has been approached with the invitation. Because the Bible says in Titus 2.11 that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The gift of God's grace has appeared and it brings salvation to all people. We might not have noticed it. We might not have recognized it. We might not have valued it. We might not understand it. It not might fit with our consistent way of life. But the truth is that this grace has an invitation. And it's the invitation that Christ gave in John 7, 37. When at the last day of a hugely religious feast where everybody thought they were doing something for God, he stood up with a loud voice and he said, if anyone hears my, is thirsty, let him hear my voice and come and drink. If anyone is yearning what we need to quench our lives, come to me and drink freely. The invitation has come to him. A lot of people are invited to spring of life, but they come here and they think that this is the place they're going to find Jesus by participating in religion. They join activities, they participate, they sign up, and Jesus is never a part of their life. In Matthew eleven twenty seven, 27, he says, All things have been given to me by my Father, he has the dispensatory of everything that we need. And no one knows the son except the son. No one knows the son except the father. And nor does anyone know the father except the son. You can't know the father unless the son reveals him to you. And then verse 28, come to me. Come to me, those of you who continue to labor and carry unnecessary burdens that are heavy because I want to give you rest. I want you to enjoy your life, your career, your wife, your children, your finances, the administration of all things. In Jesus, everything is balanced and centered and prosperous. John 6, says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me, sent me draws him. That means God is looking at the hearts of men and saying, should this person be able to come to the place where he connects with my son? And guess what? He resists the proud. If you come with your agenda, you can't connect to Jesus because he is God. If you come with your philosophy, you can't come to Jesus. If you come hanging on to anything you bring into this life, he won't allow you to connect to Jesus. 
because he emphatically says there is no other way. I'm the way. There's no other truth. We, we all like to paint over, you know, we, we're full of gloss and no substance. There's no truth in our life. And then there's no life outside of Jesus. And so we ask ourselves this morning, are we still the church we started 21 years ago? Is Jesus still at the forefront of our worship in this house? Is, is his way the only way? Or do we add and then the people that are following us get lost in the way? Is his truth something that you compromise and negotiate? Or is it the only truth? And guess what? I, I got to say it. It's uncompromising. It's unflexible. It's not going to divert. It's not going to dilute. It's not going to go away. Truth will always be truth. You could leave 100 years, you come back, and it's going to be truth. And there's no other life. And, and you know what I love about the people that leave this place? They go figure it out. They go figure out. Go, go and try, because we've been there, we've done that. Try to live life outside of the norms of Jesus, and you shall soon see that the life that you think you gain, you will lose. So I want to tell you three things that keep you away from the way, the truth, and the life. Number one, fear. Fear will keep you walking away in other directions. If you walk in fear, you're not walking in faith. You don't believe God. You don't, you don't see it coming. But there's something worse than fear, which is foolishness. You see it coming and you take the road of fools. It's no longer a fear of what can happen. You have just decided not to be wise. And if you're fearful, if there's a lack of faith, if you're a fool, a lack of wisdom, or if you have a bent on unrighteousness, the last thing, fear, you're scared. Foolishness, no wisdom. And lastly, you don't want to do the right thing. You have no interest in doing things that lead to the life God has for you. Sometimes this is called an injustice. It doesn't make sense. It leads to failure. And Jesus' testimony is full of the three opposite things. The opposite of fear is love. The opposite of foolishness is wisdom. And the opposite of unrighteousness is that you love to be on the right side of God's game plan. This sides you with truth and it gives you victory. The three, th the three types of people that end up in a fearful, foolish, and unrighteous life are deaf people. You ever try to help somebody avoid problems like there's a car coming and you shout and they don't hear you? And they're just deaf to your words. These people will never listen that there's a way, that there's a truth, that there's a life. Deaf people, they don't have an ear to hear the voice of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Deaf ear, you could counsel them a thousand times and they don't have any reception into their lives to what you're trying to speak to them. The second type of people are not only deaf people, but dumb people. I had a man question 
why I was trying to reason with him. He could hear me, but because he was not dumb, I spent my time talking to him. Nobody spends time talking to dumb people because they don't have a capacity to reason. You don't sit there. A person that has the inability to mentally process information is get them a good psychiatric ward. Not because he's deaf, but because he's dumb. He doesn't have the capacity to reason. I was dumber than a doornail when I started walking in Jesus. So I asked God to give me wisdom. And he says he gives freely to all who ask without reproach. Lastly, those people who fear and are foolish and unrighteous, some are deaf, some are dumb, but some are outright wicked. They have no interest for this life. They have no interest for this way. They have no interest for Christ's truth. The Bible is our roadmap. We don't have to argue. We don't have to debate. Some people say, I want to sit down and talk with you. There's nothing to talk. It's all here. I want to do this, and you're walking away from this. You are not keeping the testimony of Christ. You don't, you don't want to walk in the way. You don't understand the truth. You're never going to see that life. The testimony of Jesus is contained in the word of God. It's our roadmap. It's the lamp unto our feet. One of the biggest issues that kept Moses out of God's purpose for his life was surrounding peoples and we have fought battle here for 20 years I asked my niece Stephanie how old are you she says 30 I said how old were you 20 years ago when the church started she said nine I said we've been fighting this battle for 20 years we will continue to fight this battle Jesus is our testimony his way, his truth, and his life is what we are living and enjoying. We want everybody to follow our lead and our example. And the Bible says in Hebrews 12, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The centrality of Christ, those people who keep the testimony of our Lord, is who we are. And the Bible says that if you keep your eyes upon Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the one who started it, and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he suffered the cross. He despised shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking to Jesus, understanding the substance of who he is. In Hebrews 12:25, it says, If you have a heart for the Father's voice, and he's speaking today because he's revealing Jesus. And the discipline that will continue to call your life, 
in the direction of his identity and inheritance, you will receive an unshakable kingdom. You will receive things that, when you, when you read this, it says, therefore, since we are receiving this kingdom, which can never be shaken, let us ask God for his grace that we might serve him the way it's supposed to, acceptably, with all due reverence and godly fear. That was verse 28. Because, verse 27 says, there's going to be a shaking, and all those things that can be shaken will be shaken, so the things that cannot be shaken remain. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the testimony of Jesus. Thank you that you have entrusted us with a way, with the truth, and with the life that we might ever draw near to you, that our lives might be that reality, and that your church might flourish with those who keep this truth. You are the alpha, the beginning, and the omega, the end. We pray that you bless your people and allow us to turn in your direction. In Jesus' name we pray and all the people say amen and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. We're going to continue.